Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens and he's Dave Mulvaney and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I'm doing great. How are you today? I am doing awesome. We got a special guest today, Greg Yuntz. Yuntz, Yuntz, I did it wrong again Yuntz. already. Yuntz, Greg Yuntz, <laughs> business broker extraordinaire, uh, 30 years of work experience. He helps people, you know, what you must know in order to sell your business. So that's the title we're going to do, episode 111, what you must know to sell your business. COVID has come up. we got people that are thinking about selling their business. you got people that have put it on hold. Um, you got people that have accelerated selling their business. we got people who can't sell their business because their business didn't do well during COVID. So with that in mind, I want to say hi to Greg. Uh, give us your uh, quick one-minute intro. Give us your background. Sure. Uh, well, as you said, uh, Matt, I've been in the business world for a little over 30 years. Uh, been in business brokerage now for over 12 years. Uh, I work across multiple industries. Uh, I represent businesses that range in size from typically a million in, in revenue uh, up to as high as 100 million in revenue. Um, my sweet spot, I guess you could say, is 1 to 25 million is, is typically where I work. Uh, and I work across all industries. Um, and I have sold businesses that are very profitable. I've sold businesses that have had challenges. Uh, uh, so I do it all. You do it all. So that would be, so you're saying your ideal client is a business owner with revenue one to 25 million. That's kind of your sweet spot. That's all sweet we spot. could go. Right. That's your sweet spot, one to 25 million in revenue. Do you look at profitability for that or just the revenue you figure they'll have a 10% profit margin? You know, you'd like to see at least a 10% profit margin. Um, but as I said, I have sold businesses that are actually losing money, distressed. Uh, I look at the big picture. Uh, I see businesses sometimes that even though they may be struggling, uh, that bottom line, I think it's a sellable business. It's so, just a matter of finding the right buyer. Uh, yeah. In fact, it might be a great opportunity for the right buyer. There's a lot of good, a lot of positives there and it can be turned around and, and made profitable. So let's go into this. So, so I have like a little couple of questions that say, all right, what are the problems that you solve for these folks? What are the problems that a business owner uh, has? And I kind of know where it's going. It's almost like they don't know what they don't know. That's what right, you're going to tell them, right. right? Exactly. You know, that's really the number one problem. Um, and that is uh, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, I have a lot of clients I've represented that have never sold their business. Uh, as an example, the business of selling is the business they started 30, 40 years ago. Right. Maybe right out of high school. And now they're retiring. So this is a, the first time event for them. Uh, so in working with that type of business owner, a big part of the process up front is to educate them on all the things they need to investigate, analyze, consider in making the decision. You know, is it time to sell or do they need to uh, make some improvements to the business, grow the business, sell at a later date, you know, that type of thing. Um, that's uh, one huge problem I address. Uh, the other, and this is coming up a lot, especially in the COVID world. Yeah. Uh, a lot of businesses are struggling. Uh, it's not the best time for some business owners to sell their business. So we have discussions about exit planning. They're thinking in terms of, well, maybe two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, uh, I'll be ready to sell. You know, what do I need to do today in terms of how I run my business uh, to make it more profitable, make it more valuable, make it more sellable. And I'll work with that business owner sometime to put together a plan, a strategy uh, to grow the business value. Uh, that often includes doing evaluation today to show them what it's worth today. Uh, what are the things adding to value? What things are taking away from a value? 
and then going forward to what they need to do, what steps to implement to increase sales and profits, improve operations, and ultimately achieve their business value goal. Do you think, all right, so, so that's a great question. We'll go into that. With COVID has hurt some businesses. Obviously, some businesses have done better. Right. Do you think buyers are, how are we valuing companies based on the COVID? In other words, my, my business was doing a million dollars before COVID. Now I'm doing, you know, 600,000, but I'm pretty sure as soon as we come out of the pandemic, I'll get back to a million. You know, I'm sure they want to sell it for the million dollar value sure. and revenue. Sure. So how do you think buyers are looking at that? You know, what buyers are typically looking at now, I mean, obviously, if the business is still down, uh, they're not going to get a price for that business based on how it was doing prior to COVID. But the good news is, you know, if it's a business, let's say, that's going to come back or maybe it's starting to come back, uh, a sale could be structured where, let's say, the business owner could recognize a sale price up front for the business. And then essentially what we call an earn out or some form of bonus later down the road as the business comes back. Uh, the, uh, the buyer makes additional payments in the future. Uh, so the business owner ultimately receives uh, payment for full value of the business. Uh, I think the good news too is when you talk to lenders, you talk to people in the business world, you know, COVID is one of these things that nobody could control. Uh, it's hurt everyone. So I think once uh, the economy as a whole starts to come out of COVID and businesses come back, business values will come back uh, very quickly. Right. Right. That's a great way to structure it. So tell me, what are some of the conversations you're having right now? You know, the month of January just finished up. What kind of calls you've been taking? What kind of questions? Uh, they're similar to what I was getting towards the end of the year. Of course, there's more positive conversations. Business owners are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, obviously, we know what's going on now. The vaccines are starting to get distributed. Hopefully, that will move faster. But uh, they are hoping that maybe by, let's say, mid-year, uh, things will be back to normal. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the time to put the business on the market. Uh, but they're asking me questions like, you know, what do you think is going to happen? How fast will it come back? Uh, and the main thing I try to do, I can make general statements, but I want to understand their individual business, you know, the industry they're in, you know, how quickly it could come back from them for them. I mean, obviously some industries have been hit harder than others. You know, if you're a restaurant owner, or businesses, let's say, that does conferences and events, you know, COVID has really hit your heart. Uh, so, you know, who knows how fast it comes back. It's, it's kind of the thing we have to watch as the year plays out when we start getting back to normal. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I can certainly advise them, you know, in terms of, you know, how they run their business, you know, and making the best of this bad situation. And as things start to improve, doing the things in terms of processes and things that will make their business more valuable, uh, so when we make a full recovery, they'll be in a, a good position to sell. Well, that's a good point. I, that leads, what are the mistakes that they make or, or how are, how do you increase the value of a business? Yeah, you know, it's actually, it creates an opportunity. And I think that's one of the reasons, like, uh, I know as a company, all of our brokers, we've got an awful lot of inquiries during COVID from business owners want to talk about, you know, a business is slow. I'll take this opportunity to take a look at how I'm doing things. Okay. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to, as when things start to pick up, change some processes, change the way you keep your books and records, uh, you know, internal processes, and, you know, whether you're a manufacturer or service business, whatever it is, how you operate, how you deal with customers, your sales and marketing, everything across the board, it, it presents an opportunity to really sit back and take a look at those things 
and plan some changes when things back pick up again. You know, it, it brings up the point, you know, there are so many companies right now in your, in your ideal wheelhouse, but also way beyond that, that are looking at going, I've got all these people working from home. I've got a million right. square feet of office that's empty right now. And all these people are working from home and we're, and it's working. And I think exactly. it's, making, I think it's making businesses look at, like you said, look at their processes and go, what can we do so that when this happens next time that we're on our feet and we're, you know, and, and, and not falling on our face the next time this happens, because this appears this could be an ongoing thing um, for who knows how many years. So Yeah, one of the positive is uh, you do, do talk to a lot of business owners that realize they don't need all that office space. Of course, it doesn't make the commercial realtors very happy out there, <laughs> but right, uh, right. they have certainly found ways to cut costs. Um, well, one thing I think it's really important for business owners to, do, to understand that even though it is something that's beyond your control uh, and you, you probably won't get penalized that much when things come back, uh, buyers will still look at this years from now and they'll see how that business handled COVID. Because uh, one thing I've learned, and I saw this in the 2008 recession, buyers will look back several years and see how does that business owner handle adversity. Right. Uh, and in different industries, some handle adversity better than others. Uh, some know how to adapt and change and and still do quite well, even under these trying circumstances. So, you know, at the same time, while I want to encourage the business owner that uh, things will come back, make sure you're making the best of this situation. Uh, so, cause it will be looked at, uh, it won't be totally forgotten, you know, down the road when somebody looks at the business. That's pretty good. What about, uh, so typical symptoms, right? So a, a symptom of a sellable business, what does a good sellable business look like? Well, the, the good sellable business is one that has a trend of growth. Uh, let's say going back at least three years, five years, even further is better uh, in terms of sales and profits. Um, of course, some obviously are not in that situation recently, again, beyond their control. Um, uh, you know, financials are a big part of it. It tells the story in many respects. If there's a downward trend, there's usually something wrong. Um, and then uh, all aspects of operations are looked at by a buyer. You know, the customer base, the, the employees, do you have uh, a steady workforce management team? Have you had low turnover? Uh, have your customers stayed with you? Have you got good retention? Uh, how do you rank in your industry? Uh, you know, are you receiving recognition, awards, this type of thing? Um, uh, your sales and marketing strategy, everything you do as a business. Um, so even though you hear a lot of talk on the street, people talk about how businesses are valued. They talk about multiples of different measures of profit, that type of thing. The operations side of it is looked at too very closely. And I think sometimes that gets so it gets overlooked because there's so much emphasis on uh, the multiple of a profit, a profit of a company in determining value. Can we right. pause on, on that operational thing? Because one of the things Matt and I help business owners with is, is, so many business owners are their business, regardless of the sales. How much does that affect, because this will matter to our audience and yours as well, how much does that affect the price? If you're the guy doing everything, or the girl, woman, doing everything, that means running the company and operations, the company's like, you know, dependent on you. How much does that affect the, the, the value of a company when you're trying to sell it? That's huge. Um, in fact, a lot of times I sit in a buyer-seller meeting, the buyer, I ask the question to the owner, you know, could you take a 30-day vacation? 
leave your business, leave it alone, come back and know everything's fine. Uh, they're looking for that. Is that owner having to micromanage and handhold? Uh, that is a weakness in the business. You know, one of the things I tell business owners in terms of exit planning, you know, you really want to invest in your people, uh, train them, increase the value of your human capital, of course, uh, motivate them to stay long term, that type of thing. Because you want to have that business where you could be, you know, on a, a 30 day leave, this sort of thing, and no things are running smoothly. Uh, so that's huge. Um, if you're buying a business and you've got to learn that business, gosh, that's a big headache. If while you're trying to learn the business, you're also trying to micromanage people in an environment you're still trying to learn. So that's that's big. Right, right. We always talk about building the business, building it to sell it, even if you're not going to sell it, right? Which, right, exactly. Yeah, your your question's great. Hey, can you take a 30-day vacation and have it run? Can you can it run itself? So so we always talk about build it so you can sell it, even if you don't plan to sell it, because Building to sell it means there are systems and processes. You're not the driver, right? You might be the exactly. real good sales guy, but write out your sales process. You might be the great back office guy or the negotiator, but write out your process. So somebody else, I always say, you got to make it so easy that an idiot like me could run your business, right? That, that's what yeah, you got. And to kind of uh, add to that, uh, buyers love to see in a business processes and things have been documented. There's manuals on how to do different things in the business. Uh, employee manuals, policies, uh, so that when they have to hire someone, you know, here's a how-to book. Right, know, right. Type of thing. So it's real important to document how you do things, what's working, what's what hasn't worked in the past, that type of thing. Right. And, and we talk to clients all the time. That doesn't have to be some big giant workbook. It can be a Word document. It can be a series of videos. I get my dentist. I work with a lot of dentists. And we just make little videos, right? Little sure. three or four minute videos that are pop, pop, pop. And then they're on YouTube and then they just have them linked to a Word document and they say they bring on a new receptionist at the dental practice, right? You watch these videos as the training manual. So it doesn't have to be this really thick, you know, oh, yeah, you know operator's keep it manual. Simple, stupid, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Just get it out of your head. That's what I always talk right, about. Right. You got all this stuff in your head. Heck, your team members have everything in it, right? The previous reception had stuff in her head that we got to get out of her head. Exactly. Okay. You're buying a business. The last thing you want is somebody to leave and they take that knowledge with them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I always emphasize with business owners. I mean, so many business owners don't even have a business plan. You know, get serious about keeping a business plan and document through the life of the business, what has worked and what has not worked to pass it on to the new owner. Right. Uh, that's right. incredibly valuable. Uh, so they don't waste their time trying to do something that's failed in the past. You know, that's oh, no, that's interesting. So you're saying almost like a, almost like a, a, here's what worked. Here's what we tried. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here exactly. is our business plan for next one year, three year. Cause you do want to leave them at least feeling good, right? Like if you're, if I'm a seller, it, it'd be more valuable if I had a one year, three year plan that I could give the buyer. Right. Exactly. And of course, as a buyer, you know, the new owner, you're going to have your own ideas on how to do things. And you might go back and try something that didn't work in the past to put a different spin on it. Right. But right. Uh, you know, don't leave the new owner empty handed to try to reinvent a wheel, you know, that's already been, you know, pretty good, pretty good working wheel, let's say. <laughs> right. No, that's a great point. What's the typical, um, what's the typical big roadblock? Like you got, you got a buyer, you got a seller there, you know, it's been going on for months now. What's the big roadblock? Besides money, I mean, I know money can be a roadblock. Getting <laughs> the money, <laughs> but but besides money, what's what's the big roadblock that 
that you run into in some transactions? Is there one, is there five different types of roadblocks? What, what are things that'll throw a wrench in the gear so you wouldn't be able to sell it, that one of your clients wouldn't be able to sell a business? Yeah, I'd say beyond the, that is the number one, by the way. Money, <laughs> I, I think money would money. be the number but, one. You know, beyond that, I've seen things such as, as the buyer does their due diligence. Uh, they have some concern about uh, the staff. You know, will they stay? Um, they have some concern maybe about the client base. They see they may be a little bit shaky. Uh, and I have found in some situations the way to overcome that even though you don't want to do much of that, if any of that, before closing the sale. Sometimes the owner needs to agree to let that buyer meet some of the key staff, meet some key customers uh, to give them that comfort level. Um, for example, I've sold businesses where one customer is over half that company's revenue. Yeah. That's huge. You know, so the buyer may insist, I need to talk to that, uh, to that client. And in a lot of cases, the, the, the business owner side, I guess I'm gonna have to roll the dice and, and make that meeting happen. Or right. I just can't get right. my business sold, that type of thing. Um, you know, they may see things going on in the industry. Uh, you know, educated buyer will, will research an industry and they see the industry's trending downward. So they have concerns about, uh, you know, where can this business go? You know, has it peaked? Are they in a, in a market that's shrinking? So there's any number of things. Um, that could, you know, derail the deal that you have to deal with beyond just agreeing on the sale price and the terms. You know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about that, how, um, you know, two years ago, owning a movie theater would have been a really cool business. Um, <laughs> probably, probably not such a cool business now. You know, I, I see right. all these vacant movie theaters and I'm thinking, you know, how many business owners just don't see, you know, they don't see the trend coming Right, right. But you got your pulse kind of on the, on the heartbeat of what's going on in the industry. When I say the industry, selling businesses, do you feel you ha offer an advantage to your clients that, that they just wouldn't have somewhere else? Yeah, I, I think I've always been good at, uh, you know, with a buyer when they see some issues that are real issues, especially if they're buying a company that say has a very niche product uh, where there's not a lot of room to grow and expand. Uh, you can help them identify uh, how they can add to that product line that company is, is representing, um, you know, something they can do in the relative near term or at least soon enough before things start to slow down. Uh, so you can give them some real suggestions on how to change the business model, you know, going forward. Because um, when you think about it for almost most businesses out there, things change and you have to adapt. Uh, so just because you're looking at a business that maybe is at a critical point, where they have to make some changes. Maybe the new owner can make those changes and they can continue to be successful. Yeah, so, so you're talking, some of the things we've seen is owner dependency, right? So the, so the right. business is, 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 that's like you said, might've been number one. Hey, it's owner dependent, the owner does everything. We, we need to start developing your staff or developing your team. Mm -hmm. You talked about um, procedures and policies and, 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 and you know, I talked about making little videos because because you want that at least out of your head and out of your staff's head. So, so no one staff member can hold you hostage, but also so a new owner could see the policies and procedures, right? Right, right. You talked about financials. You got to have good financials. Does everybody, buyers require three years audited financial? Is that typical? How does that work? They want to see a minimum of three years. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be audited or even reviewed. Um, they could be internal okay. financials. Uh, 
as long as they match the tax returns, that's the big thing. Uh, that's usually right. enough for, for small business. Now, you, when you get into larger transactions, uh, you might be dealing with a buyer that's going to want to see reviewed or audited financials. Okay, so you don't have to have them, but you need to have them in order. And if you if you're running your expenses through there, you need to be able to explain what your expenses are versus the real operating expenses. Yeah, right? and you want to minimize that. Right, right. Clean <laughs> up the books. I work with business owners that run everything through the business, and that creates a lot of problems. Right. Uh, because then when the buyer tries to go to the bank to get a loan, uh, obviously those things aren't showing up on the tax returns. Uh, and banks go by what's on the tax return for loan approval. Uh, so that, creates a, that creates a huge problem. Uh, and there are, there are business owners that have been very aggressive in doing that. That's, that's in the top 10 of things not to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would say at least let's clean up the books as we get clean ready up to the books. Right. Let's yeah. clean up the books is what I like to say. <laughs> get them cleaner so that distinction isn't, isn't, isn't as much. So let's so, go into the tough subject, the, the money thing. How often, because I'm sure when a buyer's looking for a business, he's typically, let's say he's got the down payment that he needs. But how sure. often do you have to advise your client who's selling the business mm -hmm. that they have to carry paper? I understand that it's sure. a, a very large number of businesses that sell where the owner has to carry paper. Sure. How, how do you broach that subject with your client to make them understand, hey, if you're going to sell this, this is probably a possibility or, or how do you handle sure. that? You know, it's actually fairly easy to handle because that's just a, a rule of the game. You know, if you want to get your business sold, you're going to have to probably do some minimum amount of seller financing. Um, you know, a bank likes to see that the previous owner has some invested interest. They've got some skin in the game uh, to be sure they're going to be around to help the new owner. Uh, and even sometimes out of, outside the bank loan, the buyer wants to know uh, that the business owner has uh, some skin in the game. And when you get into some of your larger transactions, in fact, uh, some of your merger scenarios, even a lot of times part of the deal is what's called a holdback, uh, where the buyer is going to hold back a certain amount of the sale price until certain conditions, things have been proven, reps and warranties that were part of the contract. So that's, that's just a part of it. Uh, I've done transactions where they get 100% uh, at closing, the deal closes. Uh, I've put business on the market that are look very strong and we try that. Uh, we have meetings with buyers and it keeps coming up again and again and again. And I'll tell the business owner, look, you're going to need to agree to do some level of seller financing. We may not get your business sold uh, in the near future. What do you think the percentage is of how many businesses have to do owner financing? And then what percentage of that deal do they have to finance themselves? You know, if it's a good solid business, uh, you can keep it down to about 10%, I think, and 20% worst case. Um, I would say uh, in, in recent years, uh, uh, I'd say probably 70% of the transactions I've been involved in, 70, 80, there's some level of owner financing or some type of a holdback that's part of the uh, transaction. On a buyer side, what is the bank? What kind of down payment does a buyer need? Uh, if it's a well-qualified buyer, you know, 10% is oftentimes enough, maybe as much as uh, 20%. Okay. Uh, a lot of it is going to depend on their experience level uh, to run that business. Uh, for example, if you're going to go the route of SBA financing, which is what a lot of uh, small business buyers do, uh, the SBA is really big on experience. 
okay. uh, they look at that very closely. Uh, part of their requirement, in fact, is when they apply for a loan, uh, the buyer has to put together a business plan. If they bought the business, this is the things they would do uh, to give the lender some idea of their knowledge and know-how going forward and running that business. So that that's huge. Um, in fact, sometimes if the, if the right experience isn't there, that unfortunately is enough such that you can't get SBA financing. Uh, and it will certainly impact the size of the down payment and seller financing that would be required. Can I ask something about the SBA financing? Because this came, I have a neighbor who just sold his business, got it through. Sure. But he had an SBA loan that he took out during COVID. The SBA, and the, he was telling me, and I was, well, I, I wasn't paying 100% attention, but he was saying that he had to pay that loan off before the new owner could get a new SBA loan on the business. So he had to come out of his own pocket. Is, is, is that valid the way I understood it, that he had to pay that off before he could, before the new owner could actually get an SBA loan to purchase the company? Is that something that? Was this the, so this was a loan he was currently paying on when he bought the business? Well, yeah, well, yeah, no, it was a, I think it was a PPP loan. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that had to be paid off in full um, the part that was not, what do they call it? Uh, forgivable. Not forgivable. Right. Not forgivable. The part that wasn't forgivable had to be paid in full before the SBA would put a new note on the business. From what I understand, that's how it went. You know, there's been a lot of challenges out there. And, uh, and I'm part of a company. We have 200 some brokers and we lament about this all the time. <laughs> but uh, in fact, they're pushing hard and I guess still pushing hard for legislation just to make all these loans forgivable. Uh, we're not there yet. But, um, you know, I had a situation, in fact, I had a business owner that was waiting and waiting and waiting to get word that his loan was going to be forgiven. He got so frustrated, he went ahead and paid it off anyway. Even the buyer said, don't do that. I'll wait. <laughs> but, right, he, right. but he did it anyway. But I've not done a deal like this, but I understand some deals that can be structured where uh, you don't have to pay off the loan. Uh, but let's say after the sale closes months later, I don't know what the time period would be. If it's not forgiven at that point, uh, then the buyer does have to take care of that loan. Uh, and I understand the money might be held in escrow, that type of thing. I've not actually been through one of those, um, but my understanding that's a, that's a possibility. But it has been a challenge <laughs> or nightmare is a better way to describe it, I guess, uh, because of all this going on with the PPP loans and trying to get deals closed, that type of thing. So your business is, uh, we'll just say, adapting to the changes in the market as well. Trying to exactly, very much so, very much so. You know, uh, one thing that I did, you know, on a personal note is, is you know, worked with some business owners that had distressed businesses, helped them sell them. Uh, but at the same time, in the COVID environment, there are certain industries that actually performed well, benefited from it. Uh, like a lot of folks in the industry work with people that do uh, work in terms of home improvement outside the home. Right. Uh, landscape companies, uh, their businesses took off. You know, people are stuck at home. Let's fix the house. Let's fix the yard. You know, that type right, of right, exactly. Uh, so that's how I adapted uh, is to try to target industries uh, where things are still going well. But uh, and then I'd help some business owners in a pinch to get their business sold as well. Very good. Well, um, we have covered a lot already. So, Greg, what's what's one question that you hoped we wouldn't ask you. Wish we had asked you that we didn't ask you. Yeah. We have asked you that we didn't. You know, I guess probably the one thing we didn't mention, I haven't talked about, and you'd ask about what's the 
the number one uh, challenge or the number one mistake someone makes uh, in, in selling a business or even working with a broker. And that is that they tend to overprice, overvalue their business. Uh, <laughs> like maybe they've done it on their own uh, and it didn't work. Uh, and then they come to you as the broker. And then you find even though they come to you for your expert advice, they're not necessarily listening the first time you explain how businesses are valued. Um, and, and the reason for that, you know, you own a business, you have an emotional connection to it, you're proud of it, as you should be. And so you may have a tendency to value your business based on emotional, the sweat equity you put into the business. That's all important. And, you know, my job is to make sure that business owner as best I can recognizes their just reward uh, for all the work they put into the business. But business value is about, you know, the dollars and cents and, and the opportunity going forward. Uh, so that's, that's probably the number one issue I run across in terms of uh, a challenge trying to sell a business owner's business is it takes them a while sometimes to understand what their business is truly worth. That, that is a great point. We, I talk about this all the time and, and I actually had this conversation uh, when I was looking at buying a business before, which was exactly right. Everybody thinks their baby is prettier than everybody else's, right? Right, right. There, and there's nobody going to magically walk around with five million, ten million bucks and just buy your business. They're really buying your business based on the cash flow that your right, business right. generates and the ability of that business to pay off the loan that I have to borrow to buy you out. So, exactly. Exactly. And we have this issue all the time where, where business owners start to put on cruise control and, and their business starts to deteriorate. Right. They're, they're going, you know, hey, I'm going to be retired two or three years. When in essence, it should be the complete opposite. You actually want your business to be in the best shape possible. One, because that's a higher multiple. Right. You know? Right. Two, you're really selling your business and it's your own cash flow that's going to pay you back. So you want your business to be in the best shape that it can be in because it's really your future cash flow the business is generating is what buys you out. And so exactly. I had this conversation with, I was looking at buying a business and, you know, we were miles apart, miles apart. And finally he said to me, I know your number is right. And I understand the math. I'm just not emotionally there yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just like you're saying, I, I know it's really worth this. I still think it's worth much more, but I, I believe you. I just have it emotionally. Yeah, the business owner tends to use this ugly word sometimes called potential. Yeah. <laughs> potential does exist. But as I right. tell the business owner, well, if a new owner makes that potential reality, they're the ones that made it happen. So <laughs> they're not going to pay you for that unless you play some role in helping them achieve that potential. Right, right. And, and that's always that. possible if they, you know, lend a hand in, in getting the business, let's say, one that's been going down, heading back in the right direction again. Right. And you mentioned that earlier we started, which was you could have an earnout, right? That if, hey, if the business does well over the next one year, two year, three years, the seller gets a piece of that on the upside, right? Exactly. So you can structure exactly. deals like that. All right. The other thing I was going to say is what's one free resource? You've got a couple resources on your website that somebody could ask for. What are those? Sure. Uh, we have you know, several documents that address the process and uh, general things you need to consider. I'd say the most widely read document that we have that I bet probably over a million business owners over the years have downloaded is a document entitled seven things, uh, seven critical points a business owner must know before selling their business. Um, it is a great A to Z of the whole process of selling the business, the things you need to consider 
the advisors you need to talk to to make that decision, and then how to go forward, put the business on the market, that type of thing. Um, and then I've actually put together some information over the years to, to provide business owners with tips and ideas in terms of action items uh, in, as part of an exit plan. Uh, when I'm talking to someone that, let's say, I'm going to be some of business three years, five years from now, uh, I get them headed down that road. Uh, here's a set some ground rules, some things to look at today to start putting your exit plan, your exit plan, your exit strategy together, that type of thing. Right. That's perfect. So they can reach out to you. Give us your contact information. What's your contact information? Sure. Uh, my office number is uh, 678-290-1641. Uh, then my business email is g.yots, g.y-o-u-n-t-s, at murphybusiness.com. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes so people can reach sure. out and get those free resources, seven critical points of the business sale process and the other kind of exit planning. And that is at murphybusiness.com. If you go to the website, you'll get a pop-up. And right there, you can opt in and get that uh, seven critical points every business owner must know before selling their business. But... If you're thinking of selling your business, reach out to Greg, G-Younts, Y-O-U-N-T-S. I pronounce it like Robin Yount, but to right. at murphybusiness.com. And this is good stuff, man. I mean, this is what business owners need to know, right? They always think their business is worth more than it is, but there are things they need to do to increase the value and, and get it sellable. Can't be dependent on you, systems and processes. Get your books, clean up your books, right? Yeah, and let me mention these two okay. guys that I want everybody to understand is that I'm always glad to have a conversation with a business owner that's just thinking about maybe selling. Glad to have that conversation, uh, give them some free orientation on uh, what they need to look at, what they need to consider. Uh, that's just part of my business. I deal with people all the time that don't know what to do. So I'm glad to help get them pointed in the right direction to make the best decision. Right. And that's what I'll say. I'll speak with Greg. Greg is a great consultative selling type guy. So he wants to help you and be a consultant. So if you're even thinking about it, have a conversation with him. He'll help guide you in the right connection uh, direction, whether it's the right time. And, and if not, what things you could do to help improve the value. But Greg is great at doing that type consultant type conversation. So take advantage of a free call with him. It's well worth it. All right, man, this has been a great episode. Greg, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, Mr. Dave. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Anybody else? Enjoyed it, Greg. I enjoyed it. You can find out more episodes at ProfitabilityMD.com. And if you're interested in learning about our mastermind, upcoming mastermind session, you can reach out to Matt, Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com or David ProfitabilityMD.com. We'll ask you a few questions, find out if we're a fit. And if we're a fit, we, uh, we'd love to have you. All right. Cool. All right, man. Be good. Have Thank a great you. Afternoon. Take care.